Welcome back, everybody, to another another show of the All Star MMA Live. And this week is going to be a duo. Me and J Spec Sicko is having some trouble at his home. I believe. What was it? The AC went out. Oh, the AC went out, and you know you can't you can't have the AC go out, especially not right now. This heat wave that's going crazy, right? Mm. So. So I don't know how hot Texas is, but it must be hot enough to the point where he can't, you know, be at home. They're in the hundreds. uh, Upper, you know, I think they're in the hundreds, man. So that's nothing to play with. All right. Damn. Well, you know, shout out to Sicko. He'll be back for next week's show. And uh, it will be a trio again. Uh, We might have somebody stop by. I don't know. Like last week, you know, we have some, some guests shoot through, but we'll see. So stay tuned. Everybody, make sure you guys go in the descriptions and download the All-Star app. Make sure you go in there and, and utilize the picks option. You can, you know, join the growing community. You could pick all the fights all the way down to the, the method and to the round. And and win prizes, man. Join JSpec's league. JSpec, tell them about the league. And you got some interesting uh, giveaways going down soon. Yeah, my friend. Thank you for mentioning that. So uh, on the wonderful All-Star Sports app, you can join contests. One of those contests I suggest you join, besides the greater community contest, is mine. The JSpecs Prize League, where you have two chances a month to win autographed memorabilia. Giving it away to the best picker of the month, so champion of the month receives it. Also, during pay-per-view events, which happen once a month as well, the best picker within our watch party, within our spaces on Twitter spaces. Follow me right there on that handle. Every UFC event, we've been throwing it down for a while now. And uh, great community there. So you can be the best picker just in that space on that night. Have it be your lucky night and win prizes just like at Bald Guy MMA has and uh, at uh, Preston Kessel Ring has too. So it's a good time. But to the other cool stuff that John mentioned, autograph, T-shirt, giveaway coming uh, directly from Marcus Maniac McGee. Thank you so much for your donation to us there. Giving away some fight shirts that you can't even buy. There's only limited of them. Uh, limited amount of them made, so unless you got them straight from Marcus yourself, you can't get them nowhere. We'll be uh, posting that on my Twitter later on and how you can win all that. So there you go, John. That's what's going on in our league. Sounds good. Sounds good. So make sure you guys go in the description and, and download that and, and join, man, and, and get started right away. You know, you need probably a couple of weeks to get used to picking fights, you know what I mean? Because you're going to start picking with your your heart and not with your head. So you want to take it seriously and, and win prizes and there's no investment there's no cost um go in there and and, and join the league and uh yeah man you might not be good at it you think in your mind but you might be good at it so get on it um last weekend ufc vegas 77 went down and what is that uh marcus's uh socials i was slow on it so i was just adding oh, it okay in there. so that's uh that's that comes with a t-shirt yeah, no, that's uh, that's just his socials that he sent. So I wanted okay. to get it on screen for everybody. You know, all right, follow sounds good. Thank you for that donation, autograph memorabilia. All right, Marcus McGee, shout out to him, and uh, yeah, a very very nice guy. Not you know, not many people out there are gonna just send you things in the mail for free, especially something that cost, you know, what I mean, some some cash exactly to 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 make to create. So uh, so Marcus McGee, friend of the show, friend of J Spec. All good every day, all day. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad he's in the UFC. I've interviewed him in the past before when he was in the regional league. Uh, so it's good to see some guys, um, 
you know, make it to the to the top, so to say. Yes, back to UFC Vegas 77. Uh, we had a couple interesting fights, uh, a, a couple, um, what is it, standout performances and breakout performances, you can say. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of violence going on on over the weekend. And we're going to go through all of it and some uh, some other tidbits. And we'll talk about uh, at the end of the show, we'll talk about these rumors that are coming out about the UFC already buying Bellator. Uh, and another topic we'll get into is what is the other topic? Oh, Jamal Lewis or it's not Jamal Lewis, Jamal Hill vacating the title that that whole situation and what's going to happen with the light heavyweight division. But before we jump into all of that stuff, let's get into the main event of USC Vegas 77 that went down in the apex. And we had Myra Bueno Silva taking on Holly Holm. Holly Holm, she was in there doing her usual thing, clinching, dancing around, a lot of movement, you know what I mean? A lot of sounds. And Myra stayed patient and waited for her opportunities. And her opportunity came in the second round, 38 seconds, standing ninja choke submission. A beautiful, beautiful move. And man, I've been saying this since the earlier earlier this year. I told everybody that Myra Bueno Silva will be a title contender or will be fighting for the title by the end of the year. And it could be a possibility. But let's just talk about the performance. Myra Bueno Silva, J-Spec, what do you think of it? Everybody that's listening, drop a message, drop a comment of how you thought Holly Holm did, how you did, thought, you know, Silva did. But J-Spec, how do you think they did? Man, it was playing out exactly like I was hoping it was going to. Uh, Holly showing the cards like she was going to strike, using her movement early, then pressing her at will and kind of holding her against the gauge during her clinch work and clinch wrestling. But, yo... MBS, what can you say? Grand Slam performance, like she's she's another another uh, excuse me another one of those <laughs> um, where she keeps winning and she keeps beat, going under the radar. She's there's a few fighters like that in the league. She's one of them. A lot of people just kind of pass her off. I did not do that in this contest, even though I was hoping home one. So that's why I picked her. I was wrong on that. And I'm not a much of a gambling or odds guy, but. Uh, just like John knows, I'm sure all of you watching know, pretty impressive being the only uh, betting underdog to hit. So MBS, you know, underdog in every format coming through last night. Very awesome. Yes. And she was the only betting underdog underdog that came through. I'm Everybody pretty was the sure favorite. of it. I'm pretty, I'm like, wow. I'm looking at the list right now uh, via the All-Star Sports app. You can see it. And okay. I am, yep. Oh, that's right. Let me get let me get the the app on the screen, and show you guys some of the statistics from uh, from the fight. Let's see what we got here. All right, there we go. Okay, so here we go. So some of the fight statistics. Um, Holly Holm was outlanding uh, Silva, but I think Silva's game plan was to basically, you know, try to get as close as possible to to get in the clinch. You know what I mean? Something that Holly Holm wants to do, but Silva has a submission game. And once she gets you in tight, she can, you know, she can throw up stuff like we just saw in the finish that she could do a standing ninja choke and, and finish the fight. I'm pretty sure she could do that on the ground. She could probably do in many different positions. Holly Holm, 50, 50 total strikes landed. Silva's uh, 31. 
Um, so significant strikes, very similar. Um, when you look at control time, Holly Holm had more control time because earlier in, I think in the first round, she held uh, Silva down or held her against the fence, right? On the cage, I believe. Yeah. Did they ever go to the ground? It was, uh, no, no takedowns attempt. No, oh. no takedowns. No take well, there was an achieved. attempt. Only one one attempt. attempt. Well, yeah, one attempt by home. And that's why you got to love these stats, right, when you bring misses those small details. But, yes, John, it was all clinch work uh, against the cage. That's where home was gaining that control time. It's crazy that um, Silva's named – She's her preferred style is she's considered a striker, right? But I think she can do it all, man. She's more of a complete mixed martial artist compared to, let's say, a Holly Holm. You know what I mean? We don't see that much of Holly Holm's – ground game we do see it in the we've uh, sorry let's go back we have seen it in the past we have seen her taking girls down and uh and control them but not really like a submission threat right she's not gonna like go in there with the jujitsu black belt and and roll around and and you know and and throw that's counters to submit. Yeah. that's not her game her game is to strike play distance a lot of kicks you know clinch and sometimes go to the ground if she can if she has the advantage there she's really like strong physically but i don't know maybe the age is catching up to her she's she's in her 40s i mean not many girls or women are fighting in their 40s what do you think you think she's uh she's getting old hey it's not me you know it's what the dictate the sport has dictated to us what what near the upper echelon is and this is no disrespect miss home putting the high water mark on women athletics that's nothing to be ashamed of 41 years old and still a very viable fighter look she was she was doing very well she just got caught in a submission by a very talented woman that woman also 10 years younger so be it but as far as all-time great fighters go there's many a case of men Doing 42 seems to be right where your last hurrah could be. So she's she's right about there. So maybe women, uh, is, this is a great case for women athletes being just as good as men in their own respective leagues and whatnot. So right here, Holly Holm going the distance, uh, not in this fight, but career length. Iron woman, if you will. Right, We always hear the term iron man. So with that being said, Holly Holm, maybe... Maybe, right? We know that time isn't friendly to striker-based fighters. I know she clinch wrestles more than ever before. She tries to play top game when she can, have the advantages like you said, John. But, yeah, father time catches all athletes at, at some point, and she's near that last part. So maybe it's like a light bulb, you know, like the old-fashioned light bulbs, not the like LEDs that flicker a little bit. She's probably got a couple, maybe one or two more fights in her where she can get the dub. But championship aspirations, I don't know. That was that was a rumor on the internet, right? Some people in the Holly Holm community were pushing for, hey, like let's get her a title shot, let one last run. I don't, you don't think that's gonna happen, huh, John? It's it's hard to say. You know what I mean? You never know. Holmes just signed like an eight fight deal, right? I think two fights ago, so she has a lot of fights left. She's still a a ranked fighter in that division. You know, if you look at her record, look at her record right now. She's Look at her. She's she's only lost by finish, right, to Amanda Nunez and Misha Tate. The last time she was submitted was against Misha Tate in that title fight in 2016. She she goes to the decision a lot. She She's kind of found her formula, right? And this comment is kind of, you know, 
kind of like perfect, right? It's like, when did Holly Holm stop being a mobile kickboxer and just start holding chicks on the fence? She's done that for a long past, time now. The past couple of years, dude. Yeah, yeah, she's like, she's found this formula to where she can win decisions off her movement, off her elusive striking, and then holding her opponents along the fence and in using her, her strength and her cardio to, you know, to do some dirty boxing, throw hit some elbows, knees, short punches. And if she can take him to the ground, she goes and takes him to the ground. And that's kind of like her style now. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, she's blended that striking with the grappling. When look in this fight, every time she separated uh, from MBS, every time she separated from the clinch, that is to be specific, she pretty much was the first one in on some kind of strike. So, yeah, I mean, what can you say? Yeah. So, you know, like if you look at her decision, 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 decision. She even has a decision loss, you know, to uh, Vieira and, and Cyborg. Uh, she has that beautiful head kick knockout of uh, Betch Correa uh, and the Rodney or Rodney Ronda Rousey head kick loss uh, or win against her. You know what I mean? Like she's she's done a lot of things. She's done. She's beaten a lot of, you know, major players in that division. But she's lost to a lot of the major players in the division. Uh, I don't think she's slowing down. I just think she made a mistake in this fight. And uh, and she's going to go back. And I think she's like one of those obsessive athletes where she's going to go back and be obsessive about jujitsu and defending chokes and you know, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because you never know what's going on in these fighters camps. They could be focused on one aspect in particular and just continue with that and forget about the other you know, parts of their game. And, and it catches up to them eventually. So we'll see what happens. Right. So the big the big news is what what happens to. Silva, right? Like, what do we do with Silva now? Because Silva, she is, what is she ranked? I don't, well, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what she's <laughs> ranked. She just beat Holly Holm, right? And then right. if you look at her record right now, she's 10 and 2, 80% finishing rate. Uh, she's won three in a row, uh, actually, four in a row now. Four in a row. With uh, Holly Holm, Landsberg. And these are three straight finishes as well, right? Three submission wins in a row, four wins overall. Um, her last loss uh, was against uh, Manon Furiat, which is, I believe, at flyweight. And and all of her losses are are all at flyweight. So when she was cutting too much weight, it was she wasn't herself, right? And you can't, you know, you can't really dig too deep into a fighter when they're cutting too much weight. You know what I mean? They they're learning their lesson, right? They're learning the lesson. It's not like she was in there and she was getting finished. You know, I mean, she was going to decision with these fighters. And Farrah looks like she's eventually going to be a champion at flyweight. So that's not too terrible of a loss. But I think right now, Silva has found her place and she's found her style. And I think this style can beat a lot of girls, a lot of girls. You know, especially with Amanda Nunez out. I, I would have loved to have seen Amanda Nunez uh, fight. Uh, uh, what is it, Silva, right? That would have been a great fight, but that's just not going to happen because Nunez is retired or unless she comes back somehow, some way. What do you guys think, you know, list, watching right now, listening right now, what do you think of uh, Silva's potential? What do you think is next for Silva? Do you want to see her fight for the title? Do you think it should be Rocky Pennington versus uh, Juliana Pena? Do you think it should be Pena versus uh, Silva? Do you think it's Payne, should it be Pennington versus Silva? There's a lot of options here, right? This weekend, there's a fight between, uh, let me see, this weekend in London, 
there's a fight, a bantamweight contender fight between Caitlin Vieira and Penny Kienza, right? Mm-hmm. Those are top five fighters right there, top ten fighters, and they're fighting this weekend. That could also be an option for for the next title fight. Who's more deserving? Like, how do you determine this, right? Do you think uh, who's more popular? You know, who's who's killing it right now? If if you're looking at who's killing it right now, Silva is because she's got three straight finishes. She just beat a former champion. And, and and finish the former champion. So I'm, I'm pushing for Silva to get the next title shot against whoever it is. And most likely it's Pena because Pena's out there talking so much. Jaspeg, what do you think should be next for the title? I'm all for Pena um, Pennington just because, I don't know, the, the, the story with Rocky. I'm not even a, a big uh, Pennington fan. I just think that's really cool for a fighter who's been in it a long time to have a second surge if you will in her career uh late in her career and to to be able to snag a world title like that that's an epic story and an epic cool thing to happen so maybe a little fandom mixed in there uh for that vote i don't have any problem with um mbs fighting uh pena either i mean how long are we gonna like how, how long are we gonna see the ufc kind of make the same mistake of like letting some fighters roast too long like they're heating up. They're heating up now. They're they're flame hot fire. They're ready to be thrown at the title, and then for some reason they get dragged along, taken out in some other dumb way. Like I I don't know. Uh, that get get the get the woman who's winning. Like you said, against there's not. I'm not saying there's not a lot of famous female fighters, but not Holly Holm famous. I'm be honest, right? She can headline a car even still at this stage of her career, late in her career, mainlining, uh, head headlining this card like this, and now you have that passing of the torch moment of former champion gets dispatched by new young challenger. Like, that's the trajectory, like, it should follow. But I don't know, the UFC is full of tricks nowadays. You never know. But uh, anything with Pena in it, I guess, is fine with me. All right. Um, We got a comment from from M. M is saying, I think Silva recently moved to AT&T. That's definitely true. She did move to AT&T or ATT, AT&T. <laughs> so I think a lot of people do that. Common mistake. If you lived in America, if you didn't live in America, you don't know what the hell AT&T is probably. Um, anyways, ATT, American top team. I really enjoy her style of fighting and moving to 135 was a great move. Her fight with Manon was close too. Yeah, she's, she's definitely skilled. And the thing, another thing that I like about her is that she's, improving her English and she's really utilizing that to to get fights man like people you know they latch onto that and they love what she's saying let's see uh let's see some of the back and forth wait up let me see I gotta present this anyways uh, no it's just a news article anyways I'm trying to get it on the screen but I don't know why it's not showing up let me see it's weird Somebody started barking back and forth. Is that, that's what it was about. Your browser has been blocked. Your screen. Click the screen icon in your address bar to access, then reload page. Where is this? Oh, no, I'm so, not doing that. Uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, so the people's champ, Julia Pena, she's, she's dismissing uh silva's recent win against holly home did did penning did uh what's her name did pena beat holly home did they fight 
Um, quickly checking. I don't remember that if that ever happened. Nope, they never fought. Yeah, they never fought. So I don't know why she's saying this. Uh, she tweeted out, "Did I hear someone say the name of the People's Champ? Perfect. Get in line. I'll do you and Raquel in the same night. Who else wants a beating?" Um, what do you think of uh Silva's like shit talking or not Silva? Uh, Pennington's or Pen Pena's shit talking skills. I mean, as long as she like, as long as nobody takes it too seriously, just know that these characters uh, created and followed through by fighters, it's part of the age we're in. Uh, you know, you remember back in the day where everybody's wearing corny ass shitty shirts? Um, yeah, well, this is the age we're in where everybody feels like uh, if you're if you're above a B, you know, above the B level of a fighter, you need to be some kind of character. You need to be some kind of thing. Uh, to work the microphone, Pena. Hey, I like the lady. She she had her moment in the sun. She did what many thought was impossible uh, by just having that one fight. Now she has a second fight that, and we'll never know what the trilogy is. But that's not the point. She's learning how to work the media. She's learning how to form into the character that she's going with now. That wasn't always who she was, or how she talked, or how she went about things. But this is the way she's going about it now, and I don't have any problem with it, man. All the other dudes have characters that aren't really like them uh, when you talk to them personally. So why not Why not for the ladies? Why not, Pena? Go, good job. Stick with it. Don't break character. Be like Chell Sonnen. Rock it forever. Um, M saying, i like to see MBS versus Aldana or Vieira if it's not for the title. Yeah, those are good fights right there. I think those are good challenges. I think she beats both of those girls. Um, yeah, because both of those girls are strikers, and when they start to strike and they're not able to implement their game, MBS will take over. And uh, yeah, I, I see her winning those fights, you know, early advantage for her in my eyes. Uh, she responded to Pena by saying, She's funny, I love you, Juliana, but I will smash you, you and Raquel at the same time. Look at my fights, look at her fights. Oh, Juliana, shut up. And I like, I like Silva's responses to everything right pena's reminded me of um henry cejudo it's just like it's like the female version of henry cejudo right like that's what's going on over here she's saying things that are ridiculous and but the thing is henry cejudo there's a difference henry cejudo is an olympic gold medalist he's a two division world champion like there's a difference between that right there's a difference and uh, Julian Pena, she's won the title, but you know, that's 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 a big achievement in this sport. But she's not Henry Cejudo level. But the thing is, yeah. the trash talk is the same though. I'm just I'm just trying to compare them. Trash talking yeah. is the same. And uh, Emma is saying cringy. that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's a character Pena was like when she was on Tough. She was kind of she kind of did this on Tough too. It's not like she wasn't like open right with her with her uh with her opinions like she did talk some uh some trash on on tough as well so uh yeah she's just kicking it up you know what i mean because she knows like you said to work the media the media will write about anything in mma you know what i mean that's the thing they'll write almost about anything as long as you are kind of in the news or a former champion or a top five fighter you say you know a mouse farted in my mouth like that's going to be on mma news <laughs> Right, let's just—it's just, it's just happens like that. It's a well. If it wasn't on MMA news, I'd be disappointed, <laughs> right? If a mouse 
farted in uh, <laughs> Silva's mouth, and <laughs> that just didn't make it. On, I was be like, "What are you guys doing? This is this is why you were put on the planet Earth is to cover <laughs> stories like this to get the exclusives from the mouth, or not from the mouth, but from the mouth. From one, well, into one mouth, from exactly, the mouth into right? a mouth. So, so let's uh, let's let's kick it up. You know, what I mean, let's get some investigative journalism going on in in MMA. And and find out who has been farted in their mouth by a mouse. Let's <laughs> just do it. There's the challenge. I got ten bucks as a reward. My brothers, my brothers, brothers, brothers from a different mother. What's going on, Ricky? Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people agree, and hopefully the UFC does as well. That Silva, she is in a title eliminator fight next fight, or at least or fighting for the title. Those are the two options for Silva. Uh, another main event definitely should should be happening for her, right? She can get on the mic, and uh, yeah, man, she's likable. That's one thing as well. I think her speaking English makes her more a little bit more likable than than uh, than the people that don't speak uh, Portuguese. Because if she's speaking Portuguese, we have no idea what she's talking about, right? You don't really feel the emotions too too deep inside. But man, when she speaks English, you understand what's going on in her mind, and, and she's making the right moves. And uh, yeah, man, I think she'd be the van. I think she'd be the favorite to beat any of the girls you line her up against. I would put her as the favorite, and she was the underdog against Holly Holm. That's not gonna happen again. I don't no. think so. Um, let's see. Uh, Ricky was Ricky. Ricky saying, did she just jump Pennington with that performance? Um, I don't know if she jumped Pennington, but I, I say she beats Pennington. You know, what I mean, I say that she goes in there, and they're, they're gonna have a war, right? Her. Versus Panting will be a war. Her versus uh, Pena will be a war. But I think that Silva just has something in her where she can overwhelm her opponents. And we've seen Pennington quit on the stool in a championship fight. And uh, and Pena, we've seen her, you know, like make big mistakes and, and get submitted, right? We saw her get submitted by Valentina Shevchenko. Like, we, when's the last time you saw Valentina Shevchenko submit somebody? Never, right? So... We'll see. We'll see what happens, though. I could eat my words. You know what I mean? I'm not underestimating any of these female fighters, but I see Silva being, like, number one in the division right now. I look at her as number one, and I'll be riding that until she becomes champion. Um, anything else you want to add, Jay Specht, about this matchup and, and its uh, implications? Uh, no, I'm I'm really fine with uh, – I'm fine with – if Rocky gets jumped, I'm fine with it, but I would prefer, like, probably – you know, 60-40 split, I would prefer Rocky against Pena. That's, I guess, my final thoughts on that. All right. And the, another problem is that a lot of these women are fighting each other again, and some of them, they've already fought twice. And Silva, she hasn't fought any of these girls yet. She just fought Holly Holm. Right? That's it. That's like a former champion. Now she's going to go at fight another former champion or a top contender, and they're all fresh matchups. So if she becomes champion, every matchup will be pretty much a fresh matchup for her. Which would be nice. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Now, uh, let's move on to the co-main event. We had uh, Jack Della, Madalena, JDM facing off against the newcomer. I don't know. Newcomer. Newcomer. <laughs> uh, my mouth is, my brain is just not functioning, man. I had a, you know, a, a hefty week and I'm just catching up on my sleep. Uh, yeah. So anyways, newcomer, Basil Hafez. Is that how you say it? Basil or Basil? How, do you know how to say it, J-Spec? Uh, they were saying it Basil. They were saying it Basil. My gut feeling is Basil, but they said Basil on the TV. Okay, Basil Hafez, or Hafez. Um, He comes in on short notice and and gives Jack Della a hell of a fight. 
Um, was Jack Della exposed in this fight? Did did we see uh, some chinks in the armor, Jay Speck? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think anything bad of Jack Della and Madalena. That's the last time I'm going to say it. And say JDM from here on out. I got it out the first time. Woo. Um, this is nothing against him, dude. He just fought a man who was about his shit. Like, Hafez had, what, four days notice? He was in shape enough. He had the grappling skills enough. He he came in and fought a ranked fighter literally out of nowhere, folks. Like, definitely put some respect on Hafez's name. It has nothing to do with badness and JDM. The only question I had, and I said it during our spaces, Ricky, who's actually sickle, but it's weird to call him Ricky because we call him sickle so much. Ricky was there. Ricky knows. Like, we we go, I, the question I asked was, hey, he peaked a, for a fight that was supposed to happen a week ago. Lucky stars, he gets rebooked the very next week after and gets bumped to Comain. All great stuff for you, buddy. No, that's awesome. But the reality is you had an athlete who perfectly timed their body cycle to peak last week, not this week. So could that have had a little bit of, uh, you know, Little little mustard stain on the shirt, maybe. Maybe that was that slight half step off that he seemed to be. Sometimes he made a couple of grappling mistakes, uh, as pointed out. Ricky would, well, if he was with us, our third amigo in this group, he would lovely like to point that out. Uh, but you know, he won the fight against a game bird against a guy who threw it out there. I mean, Basil had so many excuses not just excuses i don't want to say excuses and rewind he had so many instances not excuses where he he was catching the dirty end of the stick and he could have just kind of shelled up rolled over and took the tko but the man kept fighting through finding advanced time on the ground look at the ground control uh control time excuse me um on this stats i mean six minutes 48 seconds that's that's a lot of time so he uh, he had some really shining moments. That is half as, and I don't take anything away from JDM, not at all. Good for him. Uh, another advocate uh, to me, another case, and another feather in his hat, so to speak, for why he's a legitimate contender and deserves to be ranked. Half as he had a lot of control time, and I believe in round two and three. Um, but the thing was, like, he was just controlling him. Like, he wasn't really doing any kind of damage. But it was also JD, JDM's fault for not getting up, you know what I mean, finding spots to, to get back up to his feet so he could, you know, take advantage of, of the striking. Um, yeah, so, like, a lot of people saying that um, that Basil won. You know, Justin Gaethje, uh, Kamar Usman, was, he, he tweeted out that was a tough decision, but they got it wrong. Uh, Caposa thought Jack won. Um, Ariel said, I wonder if those two weight cuts are coming back to haunt JDM. Aaron Bronstetter, he he got a JDM. Um, and uh, Dang, me and a lot of people talking about the two weight cuts, you know. Yeah, that I that didn't even know up. that that many people were talking about it. We talked about it live. I I just kind of went with JDM because he's young, right? He's still a really good fight age, you know, peak really time. So I thought, hey, you know what, it's harder to do. Double weight cuts definitely suck, but he's young. He should because it doesn't work out so great for the older fighters. We've seen a lot of case examples for that, but maybe, man, we don't know what's inside these warriors' bodies until we get to talk to them if they ever talk about it at all. 
Well, there's a lot of instances in in fighting where a guy is is highly skilled, you know, a lot of hype, and they kind of get away with the uh, with the win. They get away with the win a little bit, like they're not performing at at their best, and they're maybe performing at their worst, and they still beat the guy that they're facing. You know, maybe it's a little help from the judges, maybe it's a uh, mistakes by their opponent. It, it all depends what it is, right? But they squeak past. I think that's the instance of this fight for JDM. I feel like he wasn't fighting up to his potential. It could have been the weight cuts. It could have been, you know, anxiety. It could have been whatever. You know what I mean? It, whatever it is, right? It could have been. Uh, but uh, but I think this is an instance. You know, there's a couple instances. Like um, uh, Sean O'Malley, when he fought Peter Yan, he, he squeaked past that, right? Like, there's a lot of people thought he lost that fight. He squeaked past that. He kind of got lucky on the judges' scorecards. And but you know, he squeaked past it though. You know what I mean? At his, you know, maybe he was performing at his best. It wasn't his best, but Peter Yan just didn't perform better than he did. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like that style, that instance of uh, a fighter, you know, squeaking by. And 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 it happened. And Nick, and people are gonna underestimate JDM in his upcoming fight. And I think that's a terrible idea. Don't underestimate JDM at all because, you know, he, he might have showed you his weakest performance, but he still won. You know what I mean? There's a lot of examples of that in the past. Let's go to uh, M again. He says, JDM has three different opponents in the same amount of weeks. Most guys would have just went home after the second fell out. I want to see JDM versus Holland next. Yes, I want to see JDM versus Holland. I want to see JDM versus somebody with a name. You know what I mean? Somebody with like a, a good following, I think uh, either way, right? I don't, to be honest, like I don't even think they should put the Sean Brady fight back together because Sean Brady, he just keeps getting injured now. It's just like, that's what happens to him. And, uh, and you know, hopefully he recovers quick, but I think Sean Brady should go in another direction and, uh, and JDM needs to uh, fight a Kevin Holland. He needs to fight. But the thing is Kevin Holland, he's not even a, he's not even a 170. He's a he's a middleweight though. Yeah, you know I mean that's the problem. Like, I think people forget that Kevin Holland is not going to fight at 170. I think he's he's kind of like put himself at 185. Or has he been fighting at one 170? No, he, he moved. He didn't he move? I thought he moved. I thought he recently. did. Yeah, I'm trying to look for him. I'm like, why can't I find you, dude? That's what I'm doing right at this. Yeah, second. he's not even ranked. Yeah, right? not ranked. He's not ranked. At, in either category you know so, he's not ranked but he's always gotten the bigger fights right his his last couple of fights his last fight uh that i remember the main event against uh stephen thompson you know what i mean thompson was like he's a top 10 fighter um jack della i feel like jack della should get the the winner of the michael chiesa who's michael chiesa fighting this weekend he's fighting somebody Oh, Kiesa's fighting Holland at 170. So he is 170. Okay. So I feel like uh, Holland, win or lose, should fight Jack Della. Kiesa is another option. I think like this fight should determine who Jack Della fights next. The uh, the Holland versus Kiesa fight, right? It's Hafez, perfect. Yeah, go ahead. No, I say it's perfect because you just came off of a fight. They fight next. It'll take about you know the same amount of time to heal up. You know, blessing to all sides and yeah. parties involved. You Let's know? see if they could do it in Abu Dhabi or something like that, right? That should be give, give them enough time to turn it around. Right. Um, JDM versus like uh, a Jeff Neal would have been a, a good matchup, right? Uh, Ian Machado is fighting Jeff Neal next, but 
Like they should push whatever they're doing for Ian Gary. They should be doing the same thing for Jack Della. Yeah. Not, but they shouldn't be fighting each other. But that's what they should be doing. They should Absolutely. be fighting the veterans of the division. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a couple that are not booked yet, right? Stephen Thompson is he booked? He is booked against Pereira, right? So there's there there's there's guys that are booked. But I think in the next couple of weeks things will shake out and uh, JDM will will have his uh his moment, right? He will have his uh his chance to to break out. He, he I don't think he's had the breakout performance yet. No, he hasn't. He definitely hasn't peaked, shown us his very, very best yet. And two, obviously the UFC's got their eye on them. I think maybe they wanted a slightly better highlight real finish maybe from him like they always do. But think about it. He went from prelims to co-main event. He was a company man. He stayed, weathered the double weight cut. You know, like the UFC highly rewards uh, men and women, you know, who scratch the back of the company, so to speak. So... I think we'll see JDM get that nice push, like you said, and get carried. I don't want to say carried along because these men earn it through combat, but get placed, uh, get placed well, like Ian Machado Gary. How about that? I'll put, I'll say it that way. And moving on to the next fight, we had uh, let's see, let's see, we had uh, Otman. Otman, I like that name. Um, Otman as a as a tar versus Francisco Prado. Um, Otman, he, he suffers his first, or actually he suffers his first back-to-back losses via KO in the first round. Both guys, Favela had big power. Uh, Prado definitely has big power. And both guys, uh, you know, took him out early on in the fight. I think Otman, he has hit a wall, right? He's He's been beating guys and he's a brawler. But a lot of these guys are more of a technical brawler. I think Otman's just a brawler. He just goes in there and just throws hard, and hopefully he lands. And it's not working now with these guys. You know what I mean? These guys are going to be better prepared for that style. You know what I mean? You know, you could get away with being wild and having massive power in your hands for a long time. But then when you hit the wall, the UFC wall, like for Bolo and Prado, and these guys are two totally different guys, right? Like they're two totally different age like one's really young, the one's kind of like hitting their prime, but they're still able to like take out Otman. And Otman needs to change some things up. I don't know if he's gonna uh, be around in the UFC for too long if he continues to fight like this. Uh, what'd you think of this fight? I enjoyed it because it was action packed, right? That's what we want. Uh, this this card was getting dogged a little bit, but as you see, as you go through the list, like a lot of people are coming off of either a small streak or a singular loss on both ends. So these fighters were fighting hard. It was awesome. Uh, Prado pretty much early on, you could see there was just a slight advantage that carried on uh, for as long as it lasts and then obviously got the victory. But, you know, like you said, brawler, that style. I just want to touch on that. It's almost like, these these you, you see the benefit of certain fighters who apply this and what i'm going to talk about is they don't just because you are a brawler by nature come out and do some of the other stuff you're really good at so the other side doesn't have one exact thing to set up for like you said johnny you just come out with that brawler style brawler style people figure you out they watch your tape and then it's like playing you know rock paper scissors and you know the guy's always going to throw a rock well then you can throw paper and ta-da you know so I know it's not that simple. It's still martial art involved, but it's basically that when it comes to game plans. Yeah, it's uh, Prado. You know, since 
since he's a a young fella, you know what I mean? He has a hundred percent finishing rate, which is which is great to see. Twelve wins, twelve finishes, um, six knockouts, six submissions. He gets a, his first win in the UFC. You know, let him cook, man. Just let him, just let him do his thing. He's twenty one years old, at lightweight. Not many guys at twenty one years old at lightweight. You know what I mean? Let him fight. Uh, some of the vets. You know what I mean? Some of the vets look like they're going out the window, that are out the door eventually. Let him fight those guys. Let him uh, let him take his time. But uh, yeah, I think Francisco is going to be a fun fighter to watch in at least the next three fights. You know what I mean? If he survives, because if he wants to brawl too, it's not a good thing as well. You know what I mean for him? It's not a good thing for anybody just to be a brawler because you know you can last for a certain amount of time, but. Uh, Oh, Prado said he's moving to welterweight. After. Okay, so that's uh mm-hmm. that's even better, man. Another guy, you know, what I mean, at welterweight, that's young. Let him fight anybody. Welterweight's a, a division of just killers, right? There's guys that are just up and top that roster, just guys that go in and and go for finishes. So we'll see what how he survives in that in that Shark Tank. Uh, before <laughs> we move along to the next fight, make sure you guys go in the descriptions and, and download the All Star app. Join J Specs League. And be able to win prizes and contests, uh, not just with JSpec, but other individuals as well on the app. There's a lot of people. I think we have like we surpassed the 5,000 mark. Maybe I don't know for sure, right? I think it, I think we have. But uh, yeah, we're just moving. It's growing. It's fun. So uh, make sure you guys go in there and download that. Next fight, uh, the South Korean uh, Iron Turtle goes in there and, and gets the second round submission over Albert Duryev. I think a lot of people really, really underestimated uh, Chunyong Park. I believe he was the favorite in the fight, but I think a lot of people underestimated him. And, uh, man, he had his best performance to date, dude. He completely dominated Duryev, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people think, like, you got that name, Duryev. You know, you're going to be in there and crushing people. But, man, the Iron Turtle... He's been fighting Russians for a long time now, even before the UFC. So he kind of understands the style and he understands what he needs to do. And he goes in there and gets that that submission win, man. Duryev, he had nothing left, man. It looked like he kind of blew the wad, right, early on. Definitely, definitely. And at this point, I'm going to jump on to the other side. How could you not love the Iron Turtle, man? He's he's entertaining. His fights are never boring. Uh, uh, anyways, you know, um, Otman just classic case of melted under the steady technical onslaught uh he just was get, he was just getting beat on every level all over the place good job by jun young park yeah it was uh i really enjoy this you know i've i've did a couple rounds with jun young park super nice guy um he looks like a turtle he's 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 a ball-headed korean which is very rare like there's never any bald Koreans walking around, but he has that perfect shaped head for that bald. You know, I don't know if he's like balding, but he's always been bald, so I have no idea. I've never seen him with hair. Let's let's just say that. And I've known him probably for I don't even know seven, eight years or something like that. And I've never seen him with hair. I never even asked him. But uh, <laughs> but funny story is like I'm I remember um I remember seeing him in uh in Shenzhen. I think this was his UFC debut. If I'm not wrong. I think, yeah, it, it was in uh, Shenzhen before the pandemic. And uh, let me see. Was that him? Was that his first fight? It was. It was his debut in, in Shenzhen in 2019. 
It was when uh, Zhang Weili beat uh, uh, Jessica Andrade for the title. It was that event in China. Oh, wow. the, the, the last event in China before the pandemic happened, right? Uh, I was there. And uh, he fought Anthony Hernandez, Fluffy, in that fight, right? This oh. is when nobody knew who Fluffy was, right? And I think Fluffy was debuting as well. It was his second fight. And Fluffy submitted him. But uh, there was a lot of problems with uh, uh, with Park at that time. Like, there was some health issues going on ahead of that fight, which he wasn't right. So, But it showed you that, man, the dude is good, right? Fluffy is very good. That loss, absolutely. It, you know, it's uh, it ages well for him. And his only other loss is to uh, is to RoboCop. And he made a mistake of going in there and trying to brawl with RoboCop, right? So, you know, he learned his lesson. He, he's taken a more technical approach. But anyways, going back to that, I saw him in, in China. And then I saw him in Korea again at a like a regional show. And he comes up, he comes up to me. He's all like, you live in Korea? I was like, I live, we've seen each other so many times in Korea. Of course I live in Korea. And he's, all like, <laughs> he's all like, I didn't know that. I thought you lived in America. Because I think he thought China, when we were in China, that we were in America. We're in the U.S. <laughs> you know, sometimes these fighters, you know, they get punched in the head for, for a job. So they don't remember, right? It's like, I'm there's here. Like, yeah, there's like fighters that I remember meeting and seriously like hanging out with like during the events and stuff. And then like, months later seeing them again and they don't know who i am it's, it's like dude we just like we hung out for <laughs> for like a whole day basically we got and matching you know, like, tattoos yeah he's just like <laughs> but uh junior park man he's seven and two in the ufc he's he's about to hit 10 fights he's beaten some some decent names now it's time for him to kind of you know bump it up right at 185 like he needs to he needs to face somebody you know, with a with a decent following, something he he kind of gets that push. That's four in a row for him. Three finishes in a row, all rear naked choke finishes. So he yeah. basically beats the shit out of you, and then takes you to the ground and chokes you out. That's just kind of like his style. So I love him. He's a great. Uh, and the dance after he won, that's called the Ajashi dance. Ajashi is like old man in Korea. Oh, that's what you nice. call old man. Like any old man, you call him like Ajashi, and that was like typical Ajashi dance, like a drunk. I just she dance like you don't know what they're trying to do, but they're moving their whole body in different directions. But but it seems like they're, intro, you know, enjoying their their time. So the I just she dance. I hope people remember that. That's his style now. I love it. I love the dance. And it immediately ignited the Internet. I mean, but wasn't even through his uh, his post fights interviews. I think it was already a gift. So. All right, let's move on to the next the next fight. Uh, the next fight was a woman's featherweight fight, which you know a lot of people thought the the division was uh, was gone, but I guess not. We had a uh, Chelsea Chandler, who heading into this matchup, very confident in herself and her abilities. Norma Dumont hasn't really done the best in her last couple of fights. Uh, Chelsea labeled her a boring fighter, and that really ignited. Dumont, that's what really what she needed, right? And the first round was, you know, she started off hot, right? She clipped uh, Chelsea Chandler with a with a nice little combination. Had Chelsea running across the cage and hugging the the, the fence. It was weird, right? That was that was weird, right? Like she kind of like lost like the moment that she, you know she like lost her mind a little bit and Ooh, didn't yep. realize she was in a fight. And then all of a sudden, you know. 
Dumont is chasing her. But then Dumont went back to her old ways and was boring for the rest of the fight. Like the round two and three, she just basically just said, okay, I'm going to take the fight to the ground and uh, really do nothing and win the fight, right? I I don't know. disappointing, but right? Uh, to me, it, she won, but it was disappointing. It is disappointing. It's it's disappointing when someone calls you out for being boring, you beat them, and you were boring. Like, no matter what, you have one win and one loss in that scenario if you're keeping it real because you proved, you proved the shit talk right. Uh, on the other hand, winning is all that matters. Good job, Miss Dumont. And on the other side, you made her the B-side of one of the hottest gifts and memes out there. You know, her running, her getting Chelsea to turn 180, sprint into the cage, face plant against the cage, it instantly blew up Twitter. I mean, there was jokes. I mean, we weren't even out of the round in the space, and people had uh, her Dumont chasing Chelsea and parallel with the Terminator 2. Like, we weren't even out of the second round yet. So, hey, took her. Uh, that's almost like taking that momentum and at least putting some shine on your name. We're talking about you, Miss Dumont, even though if it's a fight, let's be real. Just like this, many fights happen. We don't spend too long talking about it, but you blew up the internet by uh, making your opponent eat her words, at least temporarily. I like the energy that uh, that Chandler brings, right? She, she brings uh, an unwithering confidence about herself, and, and she's, not, she's not afraid to say what she, she wants to say. You know what I mean? She, she'll say what's on her mind. Um, and, you know, in this, in this game, you can say what you want to say, and you have to eat your words right eventually or your words are are gold and you go out there and you do you know phenomenal against your opponent in this fight not so much you saw the the experience gap between dumont and and chandler right chandler's a little bit greener than than dumont dumont has faced you know the the top of the division and uh and has been around the ufc for a while uh but it was a good win for dumont and but i don't think it really does too much negative it drops the stock of Chelsea Chandler a little bit, but nothing too crazy, right? I think she could come back and win uh, a fight against a lot of these other girls, right? She's just she's just not experienced, and uh, Dumont just had better top game wrestling, um, and and Chandler had no answers for that. So we'll see what happens. Does Dumont fight for the title? Uh, probably not, right? This division is probably just going to be around just to just to throw fights at featherweight from time to time. But I don't think that they're going to have any kind of like title and if they do there's these rumors about ronda rousey coming back i see her yeah i i could see her coming back and uh clip this if you want to ronda rousey comes back gets an immediate title shot at featherweight against possibly norma dumont and wins by submission and becomes the featherweight world champion and then they just feed her like a fight like once or twice a year of people that the UFC thinks that possibly she would be able to beat coming up from uh, Bantamweight. And I could see that happening. You know what I mean? This is the new UFC. This is not the old UFC from five, 10 years ago. This is the new UFC where it's like money is everything. If it's generating money, that is everything. I know they do certain things that might not generate as much money, but they got to move the divisions along. They have to move the promotion along. But a lot of the times, man, it's all about the money for them now. Dude, they, they were just valued at $12 billion, dude. Valued at $12 billion recently. That's crazy. That is. And uh, I can see Ronda Rousey coming back. They throw money at Ronda Rousey. She could do one fight a year uh, and, and make movies. 
like make two movies a year, fight once a year for the next three years, that will blow up the UFC. That will blow up Ronda Rousey. That will just blow up everything for everybody. And, you know, they'll make so much money. And I think if Ronda Rousey is really coming back, I could see that happening. You know, Ronda Rousey versus Macy Shazan. Ronda Rousey versus a lot of these women that have a tough time making 135. They can fight at 145 and Ronda Rousey, you know, can come back and, and win. Just wondering if she's been training or not, right? Because 145 probably isn't that hard for her to make, right? But we, One, we'll see. 145 would be the most realistic thing to ask her to make, yeah, considering, yeah. considering where she's at in age plus motherhood. Like, give her all the credit in the world plus, you know, wrestling. Like, that's not an easy, easy life. Uh, but on the other hand, John, I, I 100% respectfully disagree. I know the UFC offered her. Uh, the immediate title shot to come back and save save air quote the division. Uh, I don't think she's taking it. There's been no pictures, videos, anything leaking that she's been training even on the DL. Like the game for the women, thank goodness they were late to the party. Sorry for the late invitation, women. But now that you're here, your your portion of the sport is advancing at three times the pace the men's division grew in the same amount of time. So it's exponentially a bad odds to. A, a, a division that's already dying by the embers, which I also disagree. I think they're going to breathe life back into it and 145 will rise again. But I don't think on the cost and the hopes of a, I hate to say this, but to Ronda Rousey in MMA, an outdated product. Hate to say that since we're on selling shows, you know, selling fights. That's what I think. Well, look at the Ultimate Fighter. That's an outdated product and they just brought in a guy they thought that could save the, the show, but he hasn't saved the show. He's 0-7 or something like that, and he's starting to lose his mind. And I don't think people really care about it as much anymore, to be honest with you. Like, he's not – is he bringing in the crazy ratings? I have no idea. I haven't watched the rest of the shows. I just watched the first episode and then I've, watched clips of this, the other episodes, and I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. It's – uh. From, I've been trying to keep up with it every week, and I put a little f- tweets out and see what the reaction is. The reaction was strong in the beginning, not so much right now. Who who did Conor McGregor bring back to tough? That was the big question. That was that was the whole draw of it. And the answer so far that I've seen, John, is the hardcores. The hardcores that wrote off the show previously, we're back, but it didn't suddenly gravitate a whole new fan base. Uh, there was a maybe swing and a miss in that department. All right. I don't know. Let me just text somebody real quick. All right. So, um, yeah. So, like, they're going to do cash grabs. That's what they're going to do. Because why? If the cash is there, they're going to grab it while they can. Because delaying it really doesn't have an effect for them. If they delay it, it's not going to make them more money. It's just like, let's take it. Let's take advantage of it right now as quickly as possible. It's like Musk versus Zuck. Same thing. They're just trying to take advantage of it as quickly as possible and be the first ones. And and why would the why would Musk and Zuck want to fight for the UFC when they could just do it on their own and put it on uh, YouTube? I don't know, but the amount of people who bought Zuck versus uh, Musk. Is there a lot of people? Dude, during fight week, it was a lot. Like way everybody more than I thought. Everybody was wearing the same shirt? I want to say everybody, but it was like one of those, hey, more people were wearing that than I thought people would be wearing it. So. Hey. Eskimo, as, yeah, Eskimo exactly. <laughs> yeah, with the, so with the a lot of people are really into it. Then I know it's everybody a novelty would, thing. It's like that's the, that's what it is. 
that's exactly it's for the comedy at this point i don't even know how serious people think it i think this just sounds funny to say the last fight on the main card was between nazim sadikov and uh and terence mckinney two guys both guys i really really like you know both guys i've interviewed in the past um both guys are young i think terence is a little bit younger than uh nazim terence has still you know a lot of people are gonna dump on terence because he lost this fight um, but I don't think you should dump on him too hard. He's still young. He's still a developing fighter. He's he blew onto the scene so quick, right? Just imagine if he was a, one of the guys that were just like, oh, you know, he's exciting, but he didn't come in on short notice against Drew Dober, and almost beat Drew Dober. You know, like he didn't come in on short notice against Matt Farola and knock them out in in record time. Like if he didn't do that and if he just won his fights, people wouldn't be really talking about him. He wouldn't be garnering the interest, right? But since he did those things. Now people are putting him under the magnifying glass. And I think we should sit back and let this dude develop, right? Even though he's fighting, maybe he lost this fight, right? He lost by submission. But the thing is, like, let him, you know, develop a little bit. If he loses, he loses. If he wins, he wins. You know what I mean? Look at, you know, there's a lot of guys that they do this to, right? The fans especially. But, uh, yeah, man, let's let's let Terrence... uh, develop with his new camp as well this is his first camp first fight with uh, his new camp in texas let him work let him get gelled in with them nazim he's been ready for the ufc for a long time so this is nothing new props to him for taking out terrence mckinney uh both the guys said that they wanted uh violence and uh, we got violence in that fight man what'd you think of uh a nazim nas nasty nas from from new york brooklyn <laughs> uh he's he's great and then Nas the music artist Queensbridge um but anyways uh dude Nas both of them kill it uh McKinney now on that slippery slope that a lot of high quick rising not high rising quick rising uh names find themselves in where they get a little bit of a skid a little bit of a situation going people in the space while we're doing it live starting to question hey he was really successful on his feet why is he so committed down to the wrestling, you know? And yes, he showed some good grappling skills in another fight, but people starting to wonder, hey, that knockout that you suffered, is that playing in your head? Is that why you don't want to strike? And now you end up goofing around on the ground too long and, and paying the price. So, hey, all's, all's well and an effort well put by both men. It's not like either person got walked. They gave each other some competition. The better man won the fight. I'm, I, I like it, and I don't think just like you said, John. I don't think there's anything that uh, you, you detract. Don't detract from a young talent that has a little bump in the road. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world. In the world, and I definitely think Terrence McKinney will win fights ahead of time, like you said. But right now, it's a, uh, it's Nas's time. He gets a dub. He, he gets all the credit. You know. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, shout out to Nas and and what he's doing. And, and McKinney, man, he'll be back. I really enjoy both these guys when they fight. You know, what I mean, pre-fight as well. You know, what I mean, they're they're fully confident. You know, they're working hard as hell on on improving themselves. And yeah, man, these guys are the future of the the lightweight division. We talked about uh Francisco, who's 21 years old, right? He's we just fought at lightweight, but he's moved up to welterweight. Think of that. You know, what I mean, being that age, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, M is bringing up a point right here about McKinney has a point. That the fence grab changes the fight. Also, McKinney's base is wrestling. Yes, McKinney's base is definitely wrestling. That's his background. Um, 
Uh, yeah, M is right too. His knockouts have people thinking he was a striker. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, man, he's based his wrestling. He's always been a wrestler. His knockouts, yes. He he's he's like a supreme athlete. Like he's, he's so athletic, right? So he gets away with a lot of things other guys wouldn't. But also in his last fight when he was knocked out by the flying knee, did you know that he was eye poked and he couldn't see in that fight before the fight? I believe oh. it was warming up. So he couldn't see in that fight. That's why you see him like kind of flinching a lot in that fight because he couldn't see anything. Uh, so, you know, that's what happened. I don't know what happened in this fight. You know, there's fence grabs. People are going to be like, oh, he's just making excuses. But this is the this is the game, man. Like, I don't think of those things as excuses. I just think that that's reality. That's what they had to deal with. And if, we saw yeah. a lot of fence grabs all the time. Like now it's like becoming a major problem where fighters – you know, and I don't blame them. I'll do the same exact thing. If you're going to take me down and you're not going to take a point away for fence grabs, I'm grabbing the fence too. Dude. Because it does change the, the game. It changed the fight, right? Absolutely. I mean, so, we have fighters out there taking the free eye poke because they know it's you're not going to get one if you, yeah, if you, if go you do hit it just the, the right way. Yeah, if hit them in the nuts. nuts you, get a, you, know, you get a break. Right. Or maybe if you're maybe if you're out there and you and the dude's kicking, you throw your nuts in front of their kick, so you get kicked in the nuts and you could take a break. You never know, right? This is all part of like what people can probably possibly do inside that cage thinking. All of those things have been done, man. It's it's combat, it's warfare of the mind and body happening all at once. We're humans, like this is our shit. <laughs> Everything's possible, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. You know, those things are happening. We need to do something about it. I don't know if we need to do something, but the commissions need to do something about it. But we know the commissions don't do shit. Like, they just sit at sit at the table and, and collect their checks. And that's it. That's about it, man. It's uh, I wish they would do an investigation. There has to be some type of corruption going on there. You know what I mean? It's, it's just part of the game. But anyways, uh, that's not what the podcast is about. We're about re recapping the show. Uh, anybody on the prelims you thought stood out to you? Um, I, I want to go to, um, sorry, I missed it real quick, uh, to the elder fight, Evan Elder against Gennaro Valdez. That was a good fight. Um, I, I also want to give the love and credit to Azma, uh, Azat Maxim making his promotional debut against a veteran in Tyson Nam. So, you know, you, you just don't go from uh, regionals to the main show against a near 30 fight, something veteran in, in Nam and win that doesn't happen very often. So that has my attention on Mr. Maxim. I hope all the best for you, bud. You got, got my eyes on you, man. Yeah. Um, I actually going back to, uh, Azad Maxim, right? Like I know a little bit about him. So I tweeted out something and then Brendan Fitzgerald like shouted me out again. Shout out to Brendan Fitzgerald, man. He's always uh, shouting me out on, on the broadcast. Uh, he's done it a few times now. And, uh, yeah, and I appreciate that a lot. You know I mean, um, like I always say, I'm not the most famous. I'm not the best. But I do my thing. And that's about it. Uh, Tyson Nam, I love Tyson Nam. But uh, Azat just kept him guessing throughout the whole fight and, and did a good job of staying away from the power. Um, Evan Elder, I think he's also the future of the division at Lightweight as well. Um, I, I could see Elder fighting, um, uh, and we saw what he did against Nazim. He was winning against Nazim, and he got cut, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, those three guys, man, they're going to be fighting in the UFC for a good minute. They're going to beat a lot of guys, right? They're going to beat a lot of guys coming up. 
And uh, yeah, and Elvin Elder, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet as well. You know, I mean, I've interviewed him a few times. Um, Alex Munoz comes back after three years away and, and gets a unanimous decision uh, against Carl Deaton. That was a good win for him. You know, I, mean, I think that was like a perfect matchup for him to come back after such a long layoff. Um, prove yeah, me wrong. I picked yeah. against him, so prove me wrong. Good job, Mr. Munoz. Yeah, and the other, the last thing was uh, Estela Nunez. You know, getting that dislocated elbow. It almost looked like she, she had like a, she had like kind of like already an injury or something, right? Because it looked like she, she just kind of planted like anybody else would plant it. But though, I guess the weight distribution, um, you know, I guess the yeah. weight distribution was not right. And uh, there you go. That's what happens. Um, yeah. That's it. That's the recap of the event. We're going to get into a couple other topics. Make sure you guys uh, put your opinions in the chat if you're watching live. If not, just put your opinions in the ch in the, in the the comments below. Um, make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, make your picks for UFC events, and join the community down there in, in J-Specs League. Win prizes, win, win autograph memorabilia, win, um, you know, all kinds Annie's, of awesome stuff. I don't stuff. know. Whatever we're, he's got over there. We, we're giving away all kinds of awesome stuff, yeah. man. And and thank you to the MMA community that keeps coming, keeps supporting, and keeps growing. It makes it awesome. Thank you all. There you go. Now, today I woke up this morning. You know, right now in, in the east, it is 10 a.m. So in the morning I woke up and, you know, I look at Twitter. And now you got Belter Fighters profiles. On the UFC.com website, right? So they, so people are starting to pull. I don't know who do who does this, like, but these guys are like watching the UFC.com website real close. I never barely ever go to UFC.com website because it's yeah, it's trash, dude. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a terrible website to go to. But uh, I, you know, these reporters, man, that cover the sport, they saw that like uh, Pitbull, uh, Patricio, Patricio Pitbull's up there. AJ McKee's up there. Jose Canseco is up there with the profile. There's like a lot of Bellator fighters. I think Jose Canseco fought for, he didn't fight for Bellator. I think he fought for like a Japanese promotion. But anyways, a lot of Bellator fighters profiles are up without pictures. And okay. I guess they've been up there since April. Huh. And the rumors all year, this year have been PFL is going to buy Bellator. Right. PFL and Bellator are going to merge. And right. this is the big rumor. And there were some other, like, you know, big, you know, big conglomerate companies, right, that were also bidding for the, for, for Bellator, right? And it didn't seem like Scott Coker was denying it that, you know, there was something going on. Uh, but the UFC buying Bellator, is it good for the sport? Like, is it good for mixed martial arts? And I say, no, it's not. Jay Speck, what do you think? I think. That it's probably not if we're just answering that question straight up because it's literally like history repeating itself over and over. Like, so every time Scott Coker makes a brand that has a roster worth a damn and has some kind of relative value, you're gonna buy it. Um, that seems weird, but hey, these guys know what they're doing, I guess. Um, are we a hundred and ten percent sure? Like because you know the UFC has accidentally dropped content and stuff that wasn't true or was this or that. You know we had the graphics uh, leaked that one time, um, but it was in, it was the it was the incorrect ones. Like who knows? Like until Mr. Coker and the gang at Bellator or 
something officially officially says uh, something. I don't know about all any and all of this now because, like John said, it's been a wild ride. We were told pretty clearly that PFL was the uh, lead horse in the bidding that it got accepted, even to the point where they now they're just hashing out details. Scott Coker saying you'll find out more in sixty to ninety days. I'm lost. I'm I'm be honest. I'm complete. I'm lost in the middle of this storm, and I just hope that whatever does come of it is, like you said, John, good for MMA as a whole. Does the UFC have the money to buy Bellator? Yes, they have the money. Well, yeah. they have the money. They just oh, yeah. was valued at twelve billion dollars. Like, yeah, that was something that nobody could imagine in their wildest dreams that the UFC would be worth that much. Maybe Dana White. Uh, but um, the reason why I say it's it's not good for the sport is because in a, in sports, we need competition. And in free agency, we need competition for fighters to get paid more. And if the UFC buys Bellator, which would, man, would their roster would be insane if they combine the rosters, right? It just it, UFC's, UFC's roster is insane anyways, and Bellator's roster is insane as well. But if they combine forces, it's just, man, What? who is going to compete with them? Like, PFL is not even number two. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing – it's almost like PFL is not even going to be in the same bracket as the UFC. Like, PFL, they do their season. They have their, like, pay-per-view uh, thing that they're doing with Francis and Jake Paul. But is that going to be MMA? Is that going? Is that going to be boxing? Is that even going to draw eyes? Like they're they're still figuring things out, right? That means like the PFL or UFL, UFC is not even thinking about the PFL. It's just like yeah, it's there, and we're on the same channel. It just it just shows you how like low that they look at PFL, the UFC, that they allowed the PFL to sign the broadcasting deal with ESPN. You know I mean, because I think if they were like the major major competitor. I don't think that they would like that so much to UFC, right? Because then they're on the same channel. They, you know, they they don't want to share space. They, that's why the UFC never co-promotes, right? Because they don't want to share the space with anybody. My biggest concern is fighter pay. If they combine forces, fighter pay is not going to be better, and that's a travesty. Because we need fighter pay to rise and rise and rise. And with the PFL, one thing good about them is they're a competitor of the UFC at this moment in in free agency. In, in terms of free agency, and they're paying their fighters much more and giving them a different avenue. You know what I mean? Francis, there's a reason why Francis signed with, with PFL, right? They're allowing a little bit more flexibility with the fighters, and, and, the, and they're offering a million dollars every year for the tournament winners, right, on top of, you know, whatever they're getting paid for the fights during the season. UFC, they get Bellator, man, the, like – you have one other option now. You don't even have two options. Maybe you have three. I don't know. But major promotions, there's not many of them out there, right? It's not like there's 10 major promotions. There's only, there's less than five major promotions. So if you suck up another one of them, because think about if Strikeforce was still around and Pride was still around, that would make it like five, six major promotions in the world, right? And that would made of, that would have changed the landscape of free agency right changed it you know much sooner much sooner yeah yeah much sooner and uh and i think that's the concern for me is if this is real if the ufc buys bellator i, I don't know if they're are they able to buy bellator especially with all the antitrust lawsuits and you know things about them being a monopoly they're in court about that is that that's are people the, even thinking about that 
who knows but that's outside of my uh you know automotive technology degree does not cover uh antitrust law knowledge but yeah i try to get pat on the show because he knows a lot about that he knows what's going on and he understands that aspect of the game the more of the business side uh but hopefully we'll have him on in the future to to talk about that a little bit more if this is still a rumor or if this actually happens you, you know what's funny okay let's just play scenario pfl buys bellator makes new threat genuine threat by combining the rosters to ufc as far as entertainment goes so good thing for mma the direct opposite action ufc acquiring bellator creates like global empire over the mma community again once again sheds you know and bad thing it's crazy how just switching the name and order of operations of who's buying who completely changes the outcome of this deal whoever is the lucky dog in the bellator lottery that is going on right now yeah it's uh yeah because like you said history repeats itself they bought pride who was the biggest competitor probably the biggest promotion at that moment they went and bought them but it was dying too at the same time so you pride wanted to dump off what they could um strike force it was at its peak they went in and bought them they always had the wec absorb them you know i mean now they're gonna go after bellator if this is actually even true Maybe somebody and you, somebody just started this. They're just fucking with people, right? They're just because it's just like the the website managers, right. right? They're just putting these up. But anyways, it's uh, that's only my concern, man. I don't care about fighters being with one promotion or another, but what I care about is fighters getting paid the most, and they they can get paid throughout their career. So when they retire, they're not bums on the street they're not living on skid row right they're not exactly they're not you know like we're not seeing these stories about guys you know because there's a lot that goes with fighting man a lot of a lot brain damage a lot of health issues and you know we've seen what brain damage can do with the the nfl man like Mm -hmm. we've seen some scary shit go down with nfl players who has been suffering brain damage since they were fucking in Little League in Pop mm-hmm. Warner or what whatever you want to call it. And man, they've there have been some tragedies, man, with this. Absolutely. And fighting MMA, we're still in this infancy and we're gonna see those tragedies. I don't have we seen any? We've probably seen some, we just forgot. But I'm saying like they're going, it's going to happen in the future. Like somebody really and and I think for Fighter pay being higher, it helps them to maybe retire earlier if they could. Uh, another option for them if they're getting paid more money is more money maybe can get go into like studying uh, the effects of, you know, brain damage and, and blows to the head, things like that. And that could help fighters in the future. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. The UFC says that they're doing studies, but we never hear about what's going on. Right. Um, right. You know, they're going through weight cuts. Who knows what that can do to to your body at an old age you know it's stuff like that so it's it's concerning man but if they do buy them am i going to be like oh i'm going to shut it off and I'm like, no i'm not i no. still watch because i enjoy it here's and, the uh, interesting don't talk shit yeah i mean i'm with you and i think an interesting side story if you're into the drama right is like hey pfl you know obviously we saw you coming along doing well and then you want to almost kind of go like hey we're coming almost calling out the champ right calling out the ufc like we're acquiring your guy we're giving him the deal that 
you didn't want to, that's in Francis, and making a big push. We're cu- we're gonna broadcast on the same network, like we're coming for you. And what if this is a mega power play? Like, no, I'm gonna chop you out right now before you even fuse together with a longtime number two in Bellator. I'm just gonna snatch that option right away from you and with one grab, kill two weeds, if you will. You know, that's that would be some UFC like monopoly without direct monopoly shit right there it would but you know like i said monopoly you know is not is that possible you know this is not 10 years ago so we'll see what happens um i want to give your thoughts if you're watching live in the comments about maybe possibly the ufc buying bellator now moving on before we we shut it down we want to talk about jamal hill and the tragedy that he has faced in his career or recently in his career, which is vacating. Cause I think for a fighter, you, you spend years and years and years of suffering basically to become the UFC champion mm-hmm. and then to, to just give it up to vacate it because of an accident, because of something that happened to you, it must be heart wrenching right for 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 jamal hill right and you know fighters they they put on a strong face but man they're just human beings just like everybody else now the stupidity of how he did it is another story you know this you know the information you know what what exactly happened jayspeck i don't know exactly what happened but i know the gist of it was that he was playing basketball uh in las vegas (laughs) lucky las vegas not always uh, but I don't know if there's any other details within it, but I just know playing basketball here. Was it was it the basketball game? Was it the Schmoes basketball game? Is that because it was during oh. International Fight Week, right? At that part, I don't know. I have no idea. Sorry, think, no disrespect to the Schmo and his Schmoes basketball game. I have no idea. I think it was, man. I think it was during the Schmoes basketball game. I think Daniel Cormier crossed them up and it, it blew out his Achilles. I'm not for sure. But anyways, wow. um, it's it's terrible to see, man. And and now it's like, is the, the light heavyweight division cursed? Because ever since John Jones left, what has happened? Think about what has happened ever since John Jones has left. One of the greatest things in the division's history, uh, Glover Teixeira becomes champion at 42 um yes he did he did become champion that's a that's a golden hide mark but yes other than that it's it's plagued almost every belt holder that has it it's like one and duns basically across the board right like yang gets it then has to give it up and then tashara gets it has to give it up and then yuri gets it blows out his shoulder has to give it up not has to give it up but passes along too like it's then it's it's a hot potato yan versus ankleb goes to a draw draw. when does that happen yeah, and then Jamal Lewis and Glover gets booked right away, and everybody wanted Glover to win, but then Jamal Lewis goes out there and puts on the best performance of his life, and then he blows out his Achilles, which is an injury that could be a career ender for a lot of people, right, in certain sports. Yeah. So he'll be Mr. out for a while. Mr. Hill, and- which, I mean, you got to give him credit, though, right? I mean, I think you, we should give him credit for being graceful as much as you can, like you said. John, this sucks balls, dude. Like, you're the champion of the world, and you got to give it up because of that. Like, but he said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, of I got my opportunity, this blessing through Yuri passing it up 
through his like basically because of his injury like i'm doing the same keep it moving and i don't know how true this is but i heard that the ufc promised and i'm doing this because you know without a contract we don't know nothing but promise him an immediate crack at the title whenever he's good to go well that's what they said the year too you know, no, like, are they going to both come back from injury? Uh, I don't, it's, yeah, the the division has to move along. I say just give Jan and uh, Pereira the title shot, title fight. You, now you get two title fights in Las Vegas. You know, um, it only helps. And, uh, and it makes the division have a new champion immediately. And it moves the division along. And when Yuri's ready to come back, he'll come back to a champion, right? It doesn't matter if it's Jamal Lewis. It doesn't – Jamal Hill. It doesn't matter – if it's uh, 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 Ankalaev, it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Because he's gonna have to fight for the title, anyways. It's not like they're just gonna give it back to him. So right. let's put in there, and you know, if if Pereira wins and he gets becomes a champion, great for Pereira, dude. Like the dude has become a two division champion in in no time, right? And then a lot of people will want to fight him, and maybe Pereira's gonna be a different animal at two hundred five, right? Because everybody talks about it, like he's. He's much bigger, you know what I mean, I, and physically. I know I have to get used to it, but I just, I'm not just yet. You know, you're right. The UFC is a new era. That could very well happen. I'm just on a little bit still stuck on the merit system, and it's just hard for me to reward Alex Pereira. Like, hey, dude, try this second division title based on no activity in the weight class and the fact that you just lost your title in a lower weight class. It's hard for me to fully sign up on that, but with your argument of keeping this blood flowing and letting these other men heal and letting the whole process work out. I'm, I'm for it. I don't like it a whole lot, but I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. There's always going to be two sides of the fence, right? There's going to be the side of people saying merit. This guy deserves it. This match deserves it. And then there's the side of money and moving the promotion along. And that's what the UFC is about. They don't care about, you know, they care a little bit about what the fans want, but at the end of the day, if it's going to make them money and more of like the non, more of the, the, the casual fans, not like the hard, the hardcore fans, they don't care what the UFC doesn't care about hardcore fans. They no, don't. cause we're here already. They yeah. know we're good. We, they know we're going to be here rain or shine, no matter what they do, we'll be here. So you're right. They don't do it for us. They don't care. They don't. You know, they'll, they'll listen, but they don't care. You know, I mean, they see their comments and stuff like that. But that's they're not targeting that people. They're targeting the the the, the 18 to 32 demographic that are not the hardcores. That are the ones that are going to open their pocketbooks and and buy the Zuck versus Must T-shirts and and the pay-per-views and you know and and come in, you know, like once a month to watch UFC. Not mm-hmm. like they're here every weekend, right? And if they are. And they're watching it on ESPN, which helps them even more, you know, pulls up the ratings. Uh, but, yeah, it's terrible situation for Hill. Sucks for Yuri. Um, but what can you do, man? This is the game. This is a game of it's the hurt business. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets injured. Everybody has pain and suffering. And if so any- do we. Yeah, definitely. And just to throw this out there, now I know for a little bit we're getting sick of this division because the – ever forever running reign of john jones but i think in a weird way of now being out of the division and seeing how often this belt changes hands it only kind of makes what john jones had already previously done so much more special in a weird way it does man 
it is weird. Very, 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 very weird. But what can you do, man? It's the game. And the game moves along, just like us. We will be shutting it down now. Um, next week, we'll be back on our regularly scheduled time of Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Sickle will be back. Uh, we might have a fourth guest. We're, I'm still like thinking about that a little bit more of maybe bringing fourth guests. We'll have four, four people in the chat. Could be a possibility, but guaranteed me, J-Spec, and, uh, and Sickle will be back on the on the live show we'll talk more uh next week is uh is ufc london some interesting matchups there um not the most exciting card compared to like last let's say the last london card but you know this is the ufc you got to get used to it casual fans don't know about that casual fans are not thinking like oh this card is better than this card no casual fans are just thinking like oh who's fighting oh that sounds like it would be cool to watch and then they watch it it's they're not talking about the strength of the card or anything like that. But for us, we always talk about it because we're. I think, yeah, man, and I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Join us, for, uh, you know, right there on Twitter to watch along with us uh, every UFC event. Doesn't matter the strength of the card or who the headliner is. We'll be there, and uh, I'm personally, I'm just gonna say, I'm personally really looking forward to the return of Tom Aspinall. I think that's worthy to talk about. There you go. And we'll talk about it next week. Everybody, make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, make your picks, make your picks on UFC fights, join uh J Specs League, win prizes, autograph memorabilia, and other good stuff. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Join uh J Spec on his spaces if you're on Twitter and, and get in the convo. Uh follow him, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>